Welcome back to the emergency goalies. And so we are now in the, I guess we could call it the home stretch of tanking. All the trades are out of the way and it's a drive to get the worst record. And the uh, Blackhawks actually were able to win a game against Ottawa. They uh, blew them out actually. But the rest of the games were pretty much what you'd expect, including the last game, which the score was close, but the performance against the Red Wings was not good. But I guess I'll ask you, Michael, uh, the tanking is beginning in earnest. And what do you think? I think you summed it up pretty well. Um, The first two games against Dallas and Nashville played out. Um, basically exactly how you would expect this roster to play. They really struggled to score. Um, they struggled to even generate shots, and the defense was pretty leaky. Yeah, you had that out-of-nowhere 5 nothing defeat of Ottawa, and, you know, it, it was one of those ones where everything that the Blackhawks was shooting was going in, and Alex Daylock stood on his head um, to get the shutout in that game. Um, it was really not a, you know, uh, the 5 nothing score was not um, representative of uh, the play in that game. But, you know, I, you know, credit to the Blackhawks and Staylock. Um, you know, they beat a, <clears throat> a very... Uh, an improving Ottawa team that was coming in on a hot streak. And yeah, it just, you know, it was a goalie win for the Blackhawks and a goalie loss for Ottawa, essentially, I think it was a, it's a good way to look at it. And then, you know, as far as the tank goes, Staylock gave us a pretty good scare against Detroit yesterday. Um, he continued to play magnificently um, through the first uh, couple of periods uh, the Blackhawks got the lead again because everything that they were shooting was going in. <laughs> um, they were not generating much. Um, the, the, they played decently in the first period, but um, you know they certainly did not deserve to be up. I think it was like two to nothing after the first period. Um, but then the rest of the game was exceedingly sloppy play from the Blackhawks. It was it was ugly. And yet they still managed to um, regain a three to two lead early in the third period um, before Detroit finally broke through late to tie it and then win it in regulation. And so, yeah, you know, it's some ugly play in there, even though there was one win and not really any lopsided losses other than the Dallas game. So, um you know, uh, Richardson is trying to keep everything pretty simple for them, um, especially with all of the new faces and roster turnover. Um, you know, they've they've made the comment that it's essentially like having training camp all over with, you know, players are just introducing themselves to each other and there's very little line chemistry. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's pretty rough right now, but We'll see. I mean, um, we've talked about how difficult the Blackhawks schedule is over these last couple of months and that after the trade deadline, I did not expect the team to win very many games. 
and I still think that's the case, but you know, I uh, Staylock can still steal some games. Um, Mrazic seems to be falling off a little bit. He had played a little better last month, um, but he seems to kind of be regressing back a little bit. And, you know, uh, the, the, the one positive I think that we can take out of these, this last week is um, Lucas Reichel has come back up and he's looking like an NHL player. Not only is he looking like an NHL player, he's looking like a top six NHL player right now. Yeah, I was going to say, he looks very good. Yeah, I mean, he's got speed. The strength is no longer a drawback. It's it's still not a positive for him, but he's not getting knocked around anymore. Um, it's not a liability, I should say. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, that aspect of his game is no longer holding him back. And now um, we're starting to see some of the creativity and uh, he set up a couple of goals and yeah, I think, uh, you know, right now he's performing kind of like a, a pretty decent second line left winger. And I, I think as he continues to get stronger and get a little more experience, he's a mm-hmm. decent bet to develop into a first line left winger. I uh, really happy with the way he's playing. Yeah. And he should get a pretty long stretch of playing time. It's yeah. Not- I would expect. I would expect. The minor league playoffs, but yeah. Um, I mean, I know they made a bunch of paper transactions the the um on the day that they needed to to get people eligible for the AHL playoffs. Although I think I did see that um they did not do it with Cole Gutman, so Gutman is gonna stay up all year and not play in the AHL playoffs. They are um, they're definitely gonna make the AHL playoffs. Seems like it. Um, and they made a bunch of AHL transactions um, to strengthen the the, the club. Um, kind of shuffled the personnel a little bit. I'm a little worried about their center depth, especially with Reichel um, playing up in the NHL um, right now and Gutman not going back down. But I wonder if they've got some NCAA mm-hmm. um signings that they're expecting to come in and maybe uh strengthen the the Rockford roster a little bit um by the end of the year um I know a lot of the um conference tournaments are happening right now I think Notre Dame is likely done and so like Landon Slagger may be getting signed and uh you know so as a couple of other teams get eliminated I wonder they don't have a lot of NCA prospects this year. Um, Slagger and Wyatt Kaiser are basically the two main ones. Um, they did draft Aiden Thompson in the third round last year, or this year, I guess you could say. Um, he's an overager. Um, he's he's just a freshman in college, but he's actually 21 years old um, and had a good year. Kind of up in the air to me whether or not that they would sign him right away, but it's it's at least possible. Yeah. Um, so that would be another potential center for that. But yeah, it's the expectation is Rockford will will make it. And my I, I, I would hope that they'll may be able to make a pretty decent run um, once they get back to full strength with um, the guys coming back down from Chicago and any signings that they make. So, yeah, 
right? So I guess we will. They did make the um, the Domi trade happen right after our um, last podcast. So yeah, it wasn't a big shock, but pretty good return. Yeah, I'm I'm quite pleased with it. Um, they did have to take a, a bad contract back in order to get the second round pick that they were hoping for. And the second round pick is, you know, again, a little bit down the road. But, you know, regardless of the circumstances, getting a second round pick out of that is 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 good. And, you know, I uh, I hadn't really considered Domi f- as a fit for Dallas. But after it happened and I thought about it a little bit, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? That actually does make a lot of sense because they've been relying on a, you know, a rookie second line center. And so just getting a veteran depth like that um, is, you know, probably a good idea for them. So um, I I think it's beneficial for everybody. I don't know how big a factor it really was that he um, absolutely went off against them. Certainly wouldn't have hurt. Yeah. I mean, his, his play the, the last couple of weeks before the deadline was the best it's been all year. And yeah, I mean, he had his best game against Dallas right before the deadline. So yeah, certainly, certainly not bad timing for everybody as well. Yeah. So I guess I, I we can do a little, I don't know, Patrick Kane scored, hasn't scored yet for the Rangers, but he's playing. I don't know that I haven't really watched any of their uh, I watched one of the games and it was uh, kind of a lot like uh, the Patrick Kane that we've been seeing this year where, um, you know, he's not doing a lot of carrying of the puck. Um, he can still make some passes, but, um, you know, New York was also has also been playing shorthanded. They've been playing with, um, I think it was like 19 skaters or even 18 skaters one game. I want to say they were down one forward and one defenseman because of cap constraints. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, they had, uh, you know, the the reason that the Patrick Kane trade took so long was they had to wait until they could actually fit Kane under the cap. Yeah. And then they did it the first day that it was possible instead of giving themselves, you know, they didn't wait until the deadline. Um, and so they, they basically gave themselves no breathing room. And then um, like the day of the trade, they had a guy get injured and then they had another guy get suspended yeah and so they were unable to recall anyone um, to fit under the cap so they were short yeah so yeah they they had been playing shorthanded so it, it's tough to judge them and um, uh, based on that i should add one of the games was against the bruins so that's also hard to judge because the bruins are unbelievably good so Yes, that's also, and, and you know, I and I want to say that's actually the game that I watched, and the the Rangers didn't actually play poorly in that game at all. Um, and I actually did just pull up uh, the scoreboard here um, for tonight's action, and literally as we've been discussing, this Patrick Kane just scored his first goal. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah, and he had had a he had had an assist earlier in the game, so he's had one goal and one assist so far tonight. So. The trade's a rousing success. Yes, exactly. I, I, you know, honestly, it's it it's kind of like the Domi thing. It's it's yeah. good for everybody involved. It's the right fit for Kane. It's uh, the the Blackhawks got a a face saving amount out of the deal, um, and it's just 
it is what it is, man. It, it, and exactly. Unlike the flurry trade um, last deadline where, you know, you're trading them to Minnesota and the conditions you, you, on the deal to make get a first round pick, you know, as a fan, you it's difficult to, to, to root for the wild <laughs> to win. Um, I personally won't have any problem rooting for the Rangers in the playoffs uh, to make the Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah, and I mean, for the Rangers too, it's like you have no idea what this trade will be to tell the playoffs. That's what that was about. So, yeah, I mean, they all of these teams in the Eastern Conference are loading up for the playoffs because uh, there's so many good teams, and I mean, like the Rangers are probably going to be the third seed in their division. Mm-hmm. Maybe that you know they could still fight for the second seed a little bit, but uh, like the second and third seeds in the in the East are just as good as the first seeds in the West, maybe even better. It feels and a so, lot like when, um, Kings and Blackhawks were basically if you won the West, you were the champion. Yeah, and I would put the the current Bruins team on the same level, if not possibly even a little better than any of those Kings or Blackhawks teams. Um, the Bruins are a freaking machine right now. They're like, they're in very good shape. That's at the all time. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a really, really, really good team. The absolute favorite in either conference. I don't know that they're, you know, the, like the, the Blackhawks Kings rivalry, you know, there were years where those were, you know, they were very equal. Um, and so you had some really good um, Western Conference finals matchups. I don't know that the Bruins have anybody in the Eastern Conference quite on their level. But I will say that the current Eastern Conference, like I said, those second and third seeds, uh, they're as good or better than any of the depth that we saw in the Western conference 10 years ago. Um, you know, like the script has completely flipped, but I, I would say maybe the, the, the waiting has gone even further with the East than it ever was in the West. So I mean, the West this year is like so bad. It, it's not good. It, it really isn't. And, um, you know, you can look at the point totals and be like, oh, you know, the, the, the West Conference isn't that bad. It, it's bad. It, yeah. it, somebody has to win those games. So the points are still going to kind of pile up. But, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, I, I think even yeah. like the first place teams in the West, I'm not sure that they finish in the top three in the East. No. It's, you know, and uh, I, I think that's also had an effect um, on Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um you know, at the bottom of the standings, obviously, where um, I, it, the the Blackhawks and the Sharks mm-hmm. and the Ducks are worse teams than Columbus. But Columbus has the worst record because they are having to battle these Eastern Conference teams on a, you know, two out of three games, essentially. Wiped out, yeah. And, you know, all these bad Western Conference teams, uh, you know, have to play each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Coyotes and Ducks and... Sharks and Blackhawks, they could all beat each other. Exactly, exactly. And Columbus just, I mean, you know, they've got to play all of these good teams all the time. And so, you know, if if Columbus was playing Chicago and um, Arizona and, you know, the, the California teams on a regular basis, they'd probably be five or ten points ahead of them. Yes. Um, 
And, you know, and then plus, you know, Columbus is only this bad because of injuries. <laughs> um, their blue line just was decimated. Yes. Um, and, you know, then it's even gotten even worse after the the trade deadline with when they moved Gavrikov. So mm-hmm. um, I, I want to say that there have been games where Columbus has essentially been playing without like their top four defensemen that they had planned on at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it's a rough, rough situation for them, but Hey, you know, it might end up with them winning the lottery for the first time in their franchise's existence. So. All right. So I guess we'll look ahead to the upcoming games. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, <laughs> that's a tough we're going to the Eastern Conference this time, so there are no easy games over there. Um, starting off with a back-to-back here these next two nights against Florida and Tampa Bay. Florida got off to a rough start this year, but they've been playing better. Um, they're even getting back into the playoff fight a little bit. I think they will end up coming up short, but you know, still a vastly superior team to the Blackhawks. Yes. And then we all know how the games against Tampa Bay have gone for the Blackhawks for the last several years. That is a terrible matchup for us. Um, Now, Tampa Bay has been struggling on and off of late. Kind of. But, you know, the talent, uh, the talent deficit between these two teams is, is extreme. So I'm not, I'm not expecting um, much there, especially on the back end of a back to back. And then, you know, at least the Blackhawks get to come home. It's at home against the Boston Bruins, which yeah. is just going to be ugly unless the Bruins just decide to not show up. So well, That would be yeah. the most fun. By the way, the most hilarious that result ever would be the Blackhawks winning that game. Yeah. I mean, the Bruins, I want to say they beat them five to one or five to two or something. It might even have been Five to nothing. I don't know. It, it was a blowout last time. Um, and I would expect it to be even worse this time, yeah. even if the score doesn't necessarily reflect it. Um, I would be shocked if the Blackhawks manage more than like 20 shots on goal. It's just, yeah. Boston's fourth line is better than the Blackhawks' first line. They would have to completely no-show. Yeah, yeah. It's... I don't know if Boston will be playing in the, you know, like their third game in four nights or something like that, um, you know, or maybe they just completely take the Blackhawks for granted. But I mean, even in that scenario, I think that would be the sort of thing like we saw against Detroit where the Blackhawks, hey, maybe they surprise and get yeah. up. But once the Bruins would wake up, they would quickly um, turn that game around. So, yeah, I mean, they could uh, call up the Providence Bruins. They'd probably yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not sure how good the Providence Bruins are right now, but it, it'd probably be, uh, you know, a decent battle for the Blackhawks at this point. Um, this is probably the Blackhawks' toughest week for the remaining of the season, essentially. I mean, it, you know, like I said, not just Boston, but it's all three Eastern Conference teams, two of them on the road back to back. It's It's just, it's not a good week. No. And my expectation is... Oh, and three. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm figuring. So, I mean, I guess that's a good point to leave it on. And, yeah, this is what we're 
got to buckle up. We said, we talked all year about it's going to be rough at the end of the year. And Michael, on Twitter, you are? MJ underscore Ernst. I am STH85. We're on um, the Apple Podcast app and Spotify, and we'll be back and see what happens after this rough week for the Blackhawks and talk to you then.